This podcast is about French politics, and especially after the regional elections that took place in June 2021. Well, regional elections are never very exciting political events, of course. Often, however, they are telling of what comes after. Perhaps I think this is a way of reading the regional elections uh, that took place June 2021. President Macron's political party effectively lost. Uh, Marie Le Pen's far-right party also lost. And so, in a way, the political movements of the two leading candidates in the spring 2022 presidential election were told by the French voters that they need to change their policies or rhetoric or both. Some political forces did well in the regional elections, but their path to the Élysée Palace is long and the time remaining before the election is short. Yet perhaps the most notable takeaway from this election is the general lack of interest of French voters. Only 30% bothered to cast their vote in a country that is, of course, one of the pillars of Western democracy. Now, this is the telling part. France is undergoing, I think, a period of ennui in which its energy is not directed. The country is weary, often seems languid and lethargic. Many observers are tempted to shun, ignore, if you'd like, French politics and to focus on instead on the major change that will take place in its neighbor, Germany, when Angela Merkel leaves the Chancellery in September 21. But France must not be ignored, for under the ennui there lie serious risks, not only to France. The first risk is a political explosion a la Brexit. Here, a slight majority in France decides to punish the political class by catapulting a leadership of the far right or close to the far right to the Elysee, the presidential palace. This will mark the effective end of the current republic and the beginning of a new phase of France's political life. It will also have major, major impacts on the functioning and the future of the European Union. The second risk here is that French politics, or sorry, voters really, not, not, not politics, French voters reject all of the established political forces in the country and opt to try an unknown Here, an adventurer, without political backing, without 
institutional gravitas or, or any serious experience comes to the fore and on a wave of public disillusionment arrives at the Élysée. Such an adventurer, like many throughout history, would see him or herself as a hero, representing public anger and endowed with the legitimacy to direct that anger towards channel he or she sees apt. The danger here is that history has repeatedly taught us that such adventurers always lead their countries towards or to perilous paths. Returning from always proves costly to the entire society in terms of resources, time, and the bitterness of the experience. The third risk is political fragmentation. That is, the results of the regional elections convince the key political forces in the country that none has the reach or credibility in front of large enough constituents of voters to achieve a majority. In this scenario, we see unnatural alliances between forces that differ significantly in political positioning, economic policies, and in their views about the future of France and its society. The risk here is that these alliances end up backing presidential hopefuls who do not represent any of the constituencies of that alliance. The result becomes an executive authority that effectively represents the hopeful who ends up at the presidential palace because the alliances behind him or her lack anything in common. Such an executive authority is always weak, unable to push through difficult policies, particularly important reforms. We have seen several of these risks manifest in Europe in the past decade. But France is different. France, indeed, is, is no longer the economic power it was relative to how others in Central and Eastern Europe have developed in the past two decades. France also is no longer the decisive force in European politics, whether inside the Union or externally when it comes to any collective European position in international relations. Yet, France remains the heart of the European project, and at its core, the idea, an ideal of European liberalism. Some observers dismiss such intangibles. They say, well, they, they are irrelevant, and they focus instead <clears throat> they focus instead on political influences on specific issues, they focus on tangible economic metrics, they focus on aspects of hard power. But I believe that dismissing soft power is a grave mistake in political assessments. France's unique place in European culture gives its 
politics special importance. It is true that the unification and then integration of a united Germany and later its slow but confident emergence to become the motor of European politics and economics has been the most important story in Europe since the end of the Cold War and the true rise of the European Union in the past 30 years. It is also true, true that Anglo-American political economy ideas have shaped the thinking behind the most influential policies of the European Union in the same period. Yet, deep at the core of Europe's view of itself, French ideas, views of the continent and of the world, ways of doing things, and crucially ideals about what is good and right, have resided and have shaped the essence of what Europe is as a political collective. And also, in, in my view, have majorly influenced what Europe wants to be. So, if France got seduced by the illusions of far-right ideology, or by a donkey-shotic self-styled savior, its return route from that experiment will be costly and, and lengthy for itself and for the whole of Europe. Not only will Europe see a disruption to its political navigation compass, Europe will also slowly come to sense a dilution of all that is beautiful and refined and that inspired a resuscitation of its collective identity in peacetime. And as beauty and refinement retreat, ignorance and coarseness will come closer to the recesses of its collective psyche.